0: Hello! You are in Superwoman and I am Samantha Bantu. I'm a diversity and inclusion specialist and expert and I am a woman who champions other women of colour to accelerate in their careers and businesses, building confidence and success along the way. I am absolutely delighted. This is my very first episode. This is episode one. This is going to be out this world. I've invited an amazing woman And Salwa, I'm going to give a great introduction to her in a moment, but I want to say the women that come on here are super women and how they show up in the world is unique to them. They are their authentic selves. They show up with such power that they are able to change lives. And that is those that are invited onto each and every podcast that I have. And I'm delighted, therefore, to introduce Salwa Abduldi. Hopefully I pronounced that correctly. I've had a little bit of practice and she is by far one of the most extremely well-versed in diversity and inclusion. She is the CEO of her own company, which I'm very delighted. Let me just make sure I have the correct name.
1: It's Salwa, it's her name, it's your name. That is my coaching, but I have started the Diverse Lead. Ah,
0: Diverse Lead. So she's the Diverse
1: Lead and she's the CEO
0: of her Diverse Lead as well. Very delighted. I don't want to give too much away because I want her to give her own introduction. So I'm gonna hand it over to her right now. Sawa, tell us more about yourself. I feel like I'm in an interview, but I won't give anything away. I feel like I'm interviewing you properly, like you're going to have a job after this. So go for it. (laughs) Hey,
1: Thank you very much. And thank you so much for letting me be your first interviewee on your wonderful show. It sounds, it looks like it's gonna be an absolutely amazing show. And uh, yeah, I'm quite happy to be your first guinea pig. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought I'll just give you a little bit of background because I do think my background does give you a little bit of the context of why it is that I went into diversity and into the diverse lead. So yeah, my name is Salwa Abdelherdi and I was actually brought up in Saudi Arabia And I was brought up in a very patriarchal home, a very authoritative, quite violent home as well. And that was within a community and a country that was as well very patriarchal, very women had were basically second class citizens. Uh, We were taught that we had to be subservient. We had to be obedient. I was and I aspired to be an obedient wife and mother. And that was kind of my Path, as it were. And that was from home, but also when I was going out, the few times that I did go out while I was there, that was the messaging that I was getting. At school, we got all the secondhand stuff because everything good went to the boys' school. When we went out, all the signs would say no women allowed into shops. We weren't allowed to sit in the front of the car, just all those kind of messages. And that stuff gets really ingrained on you. So things just took a complete turn when I was 15 years old and we came back to the UK with my mum. And yeah, it was just a huge culture shock, very sheltered life. And even though I was away from that sort of culture and those messages, they were so ingrained that they stuck inside. And this is what I think a lot, it's not very well understood that you then become your own jailer because it's all in your mind and it's all that you believe. And unfortunately, it took me nearly 20 years to finally understand that I am worth something, that I am somebody to be proud of myself, and that I do have something really wonderful to bring to the table. So, yes, yeah, so through that journey, I actually fell into banking, and that was a career that I ended up doing. It was kind of like At school, it was like you must choose a career. And I'm like, oh my God, I was supposed to be a wife and a mother. I remember the first day at the bank when they told me I had to talk to customers, I cried and wanted to go home. But and then, but what I did was what I did was like so many other women from patriarchal backgrounds is it's ingrained on us to please and to to people please and do what everybody wants so I started to climb the ladder and I did very well I I was very successful I took underperforming branches into performing branches I won awards I would take we would become top of the league tables but as you talk about Samantha I was wearing a mask I was definitely not being my authentic self I don't think I even knew who I was or what my authentic self was I was so used to molding myself to what I needed to be and it was it took its toll because and as well I was being one person at work westernizing myself to be that person at work going home to a patriarchal husband and being the wife and the obedient quite defiant but trying to fit into that role as well and it took its toll I ended up getting, having a bit of burnout and a break breakdown, ended up with eight weeks off work and long-term depression. But after those eight weeks off, I trotted and I started climbing the ladder again. So yeah, I didn't learn. It actually took having my second daughter who I was, she was so long awaited for, and then realizing that they wouldn't let me go back part-time as a manager. Mm. They were really inflexible with that. And again, people pleasing. So off I still went being a manager and working those long hours, even though I had a little girl at home and it broke my heart. And then when my son came along, I thought there's no way I can do this. So I took the step down, became a customer advisor, bored out my brain. And it it was just, I think I had a couple of days off for, for the children being sick and was called into the office about my loyalty. Never mind that, Over a decade of staying till eight o'clock at night and all that. Anyway, I left and I, after a lot of searching, then went back to university, got a degree in counseling and mentoring and started up being a coach and a counselor, especially for women. And it, when I'd had coaching, it had such an impact on me and starting to find out who I was as a person. I wanted to give that back. So yeah. And then the diverse lead it's evolved and it's now The Diverse Lead, and I'm very passionate about everybody being recognized for their authenticity, their unique value that they have to bring, and what on earth's going on because there are so few women of diverse backgrounds in leadership. And diversity, as I'm sure we'll all talk about, is not a picture opportunity. It is. It's, you, we've got to get it right from the top from the change makers, the policy makers, that we've also got to get it right, where we're bringing diversity into that, Af- apart from the fact that it's such a huge asset to have so many perspectives and so many different strengths and values coming together to move your business forward. But yeah, sorry, I get so so passionate. <laughs> <that's laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> that was her amazing introduction.
0: And there's so much in that, Salwa. So, uh, I was just I was trying to make a little bit of a note yeah. and some of the things that I captured was first of all you were in the Middle East where exactly were you in the Middle East
1: oh Saudi Arabia
0: you're in Saudi Arabia complete different world to come mm-hmm. in all the way to the UK in yes. a western world with western principles mm-hmm. and we all know that going into a workforce where they say dress your best and you're like what does that mean because yes. dressing office is that your office what does that mean so first of all you were told already to dress in their authenticity never mm-hmm. to be yourself from the dress from the way you look to the way that you smile to where your accent is everything has to be mooted and diluted to be able to really in their versions of what success actually look like looks look like and like yeah. you said, you wanted to please. And you mentioned here, you were in the banking. So both of us have banking. I, I was in the banking industry for 20 yeah. years. So we've got a really similar experiences. And I understand everything you said about working really late and putting all the hours in. And mm-hmm. um, and yeah, climbing the ladder, it's possible, you know, you can do it. But at what cost? Yes. You know, at what cost? And you had two children and you made a decision that actually this is not going to work. It's a real shame that that you felt forced to downgrade, therefore losing money, Yeah, probably the most, having children. Now, how did that really impact you personally?
1: It's, yeah, I think the fact that, for me, loyalty is a big thing as well. And the fact that I'd given so much, where I'd even lost myself, it affected. So within the banking industry at the time, The thing with leadership is it's still very masculine, and so you almost, as a woman, have to step into this masculine energy. Yeah, that is. I'm actually very, as a person, being told, and all my role models were males, or I had a couple of females, but they were very masculine, and being told, "Oh, it's more important to be respected than light." You've got to do it this way. You've got to do it this way, and not being able to even bring any part of me into. After all that. So then, when I did say, "Look, I think my children had chicken pox, and my childminder's mother passed away," so it was her funeral. To being called in, let's talk about how loyal you are, wow. was just like, "Hang on a minute." <sighs> and again, I do take at that time, I took things personally. I've learned since, and oh, it was devastating. It was absolutely devastating, and I did get to a point where when I left the bank, I was on this. I remember been sat on the sofa and it was my friend's wedding. And I pushed myself to go, but the whole time I was there, I just wanted to get back to my safe place, my sofa. And yeah, it was a very I was I did end up in a bit of a dark place, depression wise and what have you, and just lost who I was. And I know I said I was bored out of my brains as a a customer advisor, but I was there was no challenge. There was no, so yeah, it, it devastated me actually at the time
0: yeah you were a leader you and you led your team so that was a complete change to what you were doing so of course yeah you would be Mm -hmm. bored and also you want to be able to go home and be a mother and really make that transition and we know as women we have very different hats that we're constantly having to wear yes. and not being able to do that fluidly and yes. being told you it's one or the other which is basically what they said isn't it you, yeah. your loyalty your child's got chicken pots your child man has got a funeral the loyalty is always going to be I guess your family you don't work to live you live to work have I said that right way around I always say these things wrong way around
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah point where you're like hang on a minute my children and also I didn't have a choice if my child minded off because of her mother's funeral Absolutely. what choice do I have I was a single mother at the time my marriage is broken down and part of that was I was bringing that masculine energy that I was stepping into at work and I was bringing it home and that, imagine that with a patriarchal husband, that did not go down very well. No, I had no support. I relied on a childminder.
0: Yeah. And I—and again, I understand that. I am Caribbean. And, and I say Caribbean, I'm born in the UK. And my heritage is third generation Caribbean. So it took me, it was the first time I went to the Caribbean was when I was 17 and really understood it. Uh, but I'm still quite British in the sense that we've picked mm. up so many of the British ways of doing things. So when mm. I, my husband's from Africa and I go, Africa. <laughs> 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 so we I, I can completely agree. We had a lot to learn about each other because his way of doing things were very the woman is the woman and the man is the man. And I was like, I don't understand that line. And I didn't even know that line even existed. And him trying to educate me and force me on this journey. It ain't going to work for the type Mm -hmm. of person that I am. It's just not going to happen. And I did try initially. I did try for a couple of years, actually. And it just, I realized that this is not me. So I can understand this. That wasn't me. And I hadn't been brought up. Like you had that ingrained in you. Mm -hmm. That wasn't ingrained in me. I was very ingrained in the Western side. So completely opposite to you. And so I understand that actually the masculine energy, bringing it home and how that can have an impact on your family, especially when you have a husband who is very like, <gasps> you have to be this way.
1: Yeah.
0: So, yeah. And yeah, having to really focus on your kids as well. So interestingly, it seems to me that you've learned a long a lot along that journey.
1: So, a lot. Yeah.
0: Tell me how did you then make a decision, make a complete change because one of the things I get when it, when I'm talking, I'm coaching women is first of all, we have, I believe we are so loyal. Like I get women that go, I've not been promoted. And I'm like, tell me more. And they'll be saying, I've been in the same job for 15 years. And I'm like, the exact same job. You didn't move. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> like We're so loyal. Like, we know it pays well. They've got the flexibility and I haven't pivoted. So for me, Women like ourselves who made that change. We've got children. We take a big plunge. We take a risk, basically. How would you say that you did that as a single mother as well? What made you make that? And how did you personally make that pivot in your career? I
1: think I was kind of pushed into it in a way to begin with. So when there was no... When I felt that loyalty was lost. And actually, I, I had started a journey on a network marketing thing which was great because it introduced me to personal development so I think it was the fact that I was almost it was burnout it was again like I said I had a dark time where I left work and then just was sat for a while but through that personal development journey and through some personal coaching I realized that me and I think a lot of women as well purpose is a big thing Uh, and I I knew something inside me knew that I've been through what I've been through for a reason and I'm out of certain parts that I've been through I'm no longer in a controlling marriage I'm no longer I got away from what was happening as a child and I'm the work that I've done which has been (laughs) like a decade worth of personal development and really working on myself and believing in who I am I could see that there were lots of other women who needed this and I was like I hadn't even heard of personal development or I'd seen some a film or something where they had a self-help book and there's this kind of stigma like oh that's rubbish you know what you, you don't need to do mm-hmm. that but when it opens that world at the other side you're like oh my god and I want to go and help others and it was literally I think I was like I said I was in a dark place and I ended up through a children's those baby baby what they called where you go with your baby to to mix with other moms baby groups something like that yeah, <laughs> yeah baby groups yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, they were helpful initially yes. yeah. yeah went to one of them and they suggested a confidence workshop and I thought yeah I'll go along and it was at this college in Barnsley and it was really good and it like I say I was in a bad place so it lifted me a bit and then it got me intrigued and then I went to another three or four day course and then I applied and had it went for a degree so,
0: you know? <laughs> so I love it
1: yeah what was the question <laughs>
0: it was just the impact for you personally oh yeah with it in your career and you've really explained that you took us on a journey for, I like the journey I like the story because there's a yeah. story about I me mean, I didn't just jump It was and it, I don't think you were forced I think you had exposure really you were mm-hmm. exposed to it and you had a personal revelation in terms of what it was that you felt was having an impact and I'm glad that you saw. So you went on the court. So you can carry on. <laughs>
1: tell me more. Tell me more. <laughs> do, 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 do. Uh, no, then, yeah, it was not, it, because again I was single mom at the time. I think my daughter was three and my son was one, and I had a 17 year old as well. Or she might have been a bit younger. So you got um, three
0: three children.
1: Yeah, this is before yeah. the youngest has come along, and he, yeah. Going and doing the degree just opened up so much. And I'm actually an academic geek. I never knew. (laughs) I love studying. I never knew it.
0: I love Um, studying as well.
1: Yeah, I love it. I've always been a massive learner. But yeah, turns out I am an academic geek. And I'm actually now even continuing. And I'm doing my PhD now.
0: Wow, that's amazing. I just love
1: it. Yeah. And also.
0: But you're doing it.
1: You want to make an impact. Yeah, that's the biggest thing, I think.
0: so you want to make an impact to is it other women because you said diverse lead so is it focused on women it is yes i think
1: so because i am all about diversity and the whole idea with diverse lead is human equality a world where everyone's equal but everybody is celebrated for their gifts and strengths that they have to bring however so i have male clients i never say no to male clients but I have a passion and I think there is a need for more females full stop in the leadership areas and even more so to get diverse women up in the leadership so can you give me a a virtual high five there with that one
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah and we're on the journey to do that like both of us in terms of Mm -hmm. what we do we I love this connection that we have and how how both we're very unique in what we do, but also very similar in what we do. Yes. But we come to the same purpose is to bring and elevate women up. And we do need to do that. And we need to see more in the boardroom. And I reckon that the mission is happening and it's going to be great. We're on fire, aren't we?
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> so yeah, I love, so diverse lead. Can you tell me what how this is going to impact companies from a diversity and inclusion perspective, your own perspective?
1: Okay so as a company I mean there is obviously we are moving towards more diversity in that but really the diversity needs to start in the boardroom it needs to start at senior level because they are the ones who can make the impact they are the ones who can make the change and if you've got diversity at shop level that's wonderful that's great but how can you understand them? How can you help them? How can you create a culture of trust and where they feel valued if they have nobody to look up to? If yeah, they I have, can. how can they then un- want to climb the ladder and be your next pipeline of talent if they've got nobody to see? If they, And also, exactly. like I say, they can impact change if you give them the empowerment to do that. And there are ways to do that. However, the what leadership team is the ones that can bring change and the companies that are doing that that are having diversity and having foot more females full stop as well as the whole diversity age gen all of that are the ones who are leading they are the innovators they are yeah. the companies of the future why would you not want different perspectives different views we are a global society now you know we are no longer just one little thing we are a global society and when I talk about diversity, it isn't just what you look like or what you're GBT or any of that. It's also diversity in your strengths. I'm a very big believer in positive psychology. And as a society, we are told your development areas, you have your performance reviews at work and you're like, OK, what are your areas to improve on?
0: Yes. Yeah. Keep
1: them in mind. but. That It takes twice as much energy to work on something like that than if you find your person's strength and let them flourish in that strength. And that's how I was successful when I was in the bank. I would forget, maybe don't tell them, we were told to give our teams exactly the same targets. But I would have one client, one member of staff who was amazing at financial advice leads. She was on it there was another one who was amazing at mortgage leads. So why, so she got more leads for financial advice. That's how I did it. And he got more for mortgages and they absolutely thrived Watching because it. they were in the element.
0: Absolutely fabulous. I yeah. love all that you're saying here. I love while you're bringing it to the table and it's yeah. so everything you said is absolutely true we got to make sure you focus on strengths. that's one of the things definitely I focus on I did when I was climbing the ladder I focused so much. when you what I found though is when you are just in the entry level the focus from the leaders is that you were a great leader really great leader because I, I talk a lot about finding great leaders but in most organizations you don't find that so how do you navigate when you are being pushed on your weaknesses instead of your strengths? As a coach, that is something I do, you do. We focus mm-hmm. very much on how you can elevate your strengths. But what would you specifically what is it? What are you what would you really focus on in terms of an individual who's really just starting out? You you basically, when you were, I'd like to say 10, five, five years ago.
1: As an individual, I would say so. I believe very strongly in humanistic philosophy and the fact that we are. We have all the answers within us. We're all experts on our own world. However, sometimes it's hard to see that on our own. So if you read a book or you read, you can sometimes see, or sometimes people are like, oh no, this way works or this way works, but it doesn't work for everybody. So the way to to find it, sometimes you need a little guiding help with somebody who can maybe pull out your strengths. So as an individual, I'd say, the most important thing is to get to know who you are, yeah, to get to know your authentic self. And when we're talking about authentic self, it's what are your values? What is it that you want to achieve? It what is the meaning in life? Why are you here? Yeah, and I think this is very important for women as well because what's happening with them. So I might go off on a tangent because ah, <laughs> this is amazing.
0: <laughs> I love it. Absolutely. So,
1: what's happened is it's a very masculine world leadership, and in the 80s, women started getting their foot in the door but they had to step into that masculine role just to get our foot in the door just to get us up in the leadership Mm -hmm. the thing is now is now we're there or we're much much further ahead women want to do more than just achieve women want to we're working up that Maslow hierarchy we want to self-actualize and that means most women need purpose they need to have a meaning they need to know Have something bigger to work towards and it is the responsibility or you will be far much ahead of other organizations if you take that on board and you work with that with the individuals. But from an individual perspective, even if you're doing this outside work, get to know yourself, get to know your values, your purpose, get to know what your strengths are definitely get to know what your strengths are. Look at times when you have been completely in your element or a time you are very proud of the way you behaved or a time you got compliments. These are when you're using your strengths and then start to understand them. And even if you're being told or in a performance review, you need to work on this area, there might be a way that you can use your behaviours to elevate that. But usually when it's our strengths, we do, we just think everybody else does it because it's so natural to us. So yeah, it might be that maybe get somebody to help and support you a little bit in learning that bit of you.
0: I love, absolutely love that. And one of the things that you said is pulling out. So I think, again, it's getting those networks, getting your mentors. Of course, mm-hmm. I want to say, get your coaches. Like in my, in one of the things I did as I progressed, especially as a black woman, was that I found my coaches my mentors my sponsors my fan clubs people who would elevate me and I always say this find role models that look like you unfortunately if you're looking at your career sometimes they're not there do not be afraid to look for an ally. Someone who's going to cheer you on, but doesn't necessarily look like you. Look yeah. for someone who's who has all the skills or the experience, and all maybe they're sat in the role that you aspire to in five to 10 years, and go and seek them to get that mentorship and really pull out your strengths as well. So I agree with everything you said there, absolutely. Yeah. And Definitely. I think that we're another thing with women is that we're not very good at compliments. Even when you say to someone, Oh, I love your dress, you're like, This old thing. <laughs> oh. yeah. <And> we're like, <laughs> I've had this for years and I'm you know what's really funny is it took me years for me just to say thank you like it took me a long time just to digest I now actually actively just digest compliments even just for a second and just go thank you I really appreciate you taking the time to to give me that it's taken me years like Mm -hmm. and I'd always be looking at is there anything hidden in that I know they said that but does it mean something else? Were they trying uh-huh. to say that I needed to dress better? And my mum's in famous for trying to look for something else. Like she'd be like, they told me that especially in our culture, I don't know if it's the same for you. Someone tells you you put on weight in their country it's so like a really complimentary thing to say. Oh, really? That's oh like, no, a total opposite. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, like, oh, you put on what you put on weight, and she was like, she be like so they think I, i'm not spending i'm too wealthy i'm over <laughs> and you're like oh my days and then she, someone says she's lost weight so they say i'm not eating I'm like, oh <laughs> you can't win can't win <laughs> so yeah i've had to really like just digest compliments really just take a step back and just say thank you and even just accepting gifts i found that so hard i've come from a disadvantaged background and yes, I love when there was free gifts, like a free pen. Or whatever. Yeah. Honestly, I'd be like, oh, there's a free pen. Let's go and get that. But when someone said, I really want to gift you this, I found it hard to accept. Them. And I'd be no, you can't. You can't possibly do that. And I think I found that women are very much like that compliments yeah. and being able to just accept and receive. And we are, you talk about going into a feminine energy. That is actually what we're designed to do. We're actually receivers by nature. And that's what we're supposed to do, receive compliments, receive gifts, receive, yeah. And then we're able to be at our best when we really are in that kind of feminine mode so it I It's just...
1: so interesting because like, that's what I'm doing as part of my PhD is social norms and social values and how molded from birth, aren't we, to fit into the society. And there's a lot of you're a show off if you are confident in yourself or you're bragging or there's all sorts, isn't there? And I think as women, we do take that on and even in the west it still happens where you would you find yourself saying girls get complimented for being pretty or nice dresses and boys are being yeah. told they're strong and yeah. then you have all the figures that when you're looking women feel they need to have a 100% of skills to apply for a job but men will have 40% of the skills and apply
0: yeah you it's so true it's
1: so generational and ingrained and it will take a while but the, it takes people stepping up and being role models for the next generations that even if it's slow we're taking the step aren't we
0: yeah no i agree and that the one where you women apply i think one of the, i think it was a study that got done yes long ago where they said that women will when you put in essential and desirable if you put five bullet points for essential and actually put the rest as desirable, you're more likely to get more women applying. Little tip there. Because women will, like you said, will want to try and tick all the the boxes. But if you're saying these are essential and actually the others are. So really, I think this is where HR and leaders really need to go in and say, is this really what you need? Is this reality? And look at that little tick list and say, actually, how can we make this different so that we get the right individuals? And I have seen descriptions being a lot shorter and, and even for people who've got neurodiversity, I'm dyslexic, for example, and I have neurodiversity, I go on the spectrum. Being a long discri- job description is really off-putting for me. It's not that like I'm not capable, I'm extremely capable, but having all that in just to view puts me off. It's That's just, if this is their job description, then they're going to add more and it's going to be overwhelming and the reality is it probably isn't someone just really sat there and just thought let's get make sure we put everything every detail and i'm sure it could have been comprised into something more than what they've done so it's so good
1: you said that because with diversity as well what you're looking for you're looking for cognitive as well as geographical so like you say different ways of working that neurological things because every person no matter what's if they're on different parts of the spectrum they have unique gifts that other people don't have. Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah,
0: definitely. Wow. So I'm going to actually have to give you a compliment now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> to say absolutely, you have been my first interviewee, but absolutely fantastic. Your your career and how you've got to where you are, doing a PhD is absolutely astounding, by the way. Well mm-hmm. done. And to be able to do your career and to be able to run your business and to still run your family and your household as we are as women. So I just want to say, I'm absolutely really inspired by you. It's fantastic. It's amazing. You're amazing. Continue to shine. And I'm going to be putting at the end of here, how you can find Diverse Lead, how you can find Salwa, incredible please follow comment go and see her stuff she's it's out of this world and i'm sure as you go and do on your phd we want to see that coming out your book it literally it's a book isn't it (laughs) yeah thank you for the time and i look forward to you joining on my next episode of superwoman can see you then